Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to the show. Um, I'm Fazia Costi and I'm executive. I'm an executive function coach. And today on the show, we have an absolutely wonderful uh, woman by the name of Ezra B. Ogut. And she is um, from Turkey originally. And she's written a fabulous book called Money Does, Does Grow on Trees, The Myths We Create and Live By. So welcome, Ezra. Hello, thank you so much for inviting me to the show. It is my pleasure. I'm seriously excited about um, talking to you today. I think you have a fabulous book and a fabulous oh, topic. Um, for our listeners, would you mind sharing a little bit about your background and, and how you got to where you are today? Uh, maybe talk a little bit about your experiences. Well, uh, I always had a dream to be in America, to come to America, although I had never even visited as a tourist in my entire life. So I had this dream since I was 16, and uh, my parents were not very excited about this dream. So I waited till I was about 21, 22. I finished college in Turkey, started working in a TV station over there, uh, learning to kind of becoming, uh, become a producer. And one day I like woke up to like, oh my God, I'm not pursuing my dreams. Like I really want to be on an adventure in, in the US. So against all odds and against, you know, their wishes with kind of $2,000 in my pocket and not knowing what's going to happen next, uh, I made a decision. And in our system, we call it a being choice. Uh, when you make a choice with all of your being, with all of your cells, not just an intellectual one, but really kind of choose what you're going to belong to next. It's incredible how all the doors in the universe all of a sudden open. So I was able to secure a scholarship. Um, I was able to find a friend that needed a roommate in LA. And I came to study film and television in, in Los Angeles. But uh, being a student and not really having you know any savings, it was it was a very kind of a hard journey to try to survive here and uh, I had to do all kinds of jobs you know uh, selling shoes selling carpets working in the stores and at the same time studying and yeah it was it was a it was kind of a tough journey and uh, later on I met my husband who came with very similar dreams we met about four in 2004 he had already been here for a while as well and it was like we were kind of twin souls he also came to study, uh, not to study, to be an actor. He was a well-known uh, radio personality in Turkey, but he also had a dream like mine to be in the U.S. So he actually came over here, imagine this, not speaking a word of English with the goal to become an actor and, you know, uh, a creative person here in the U.S. So definitely he was struggling too. He was a waiter. Sure. And uh, yeah, we, we met and we definitely had bigger dreams for ourselves and step by step, also with the help our, of our mentor, Daryl Rutherford, we created an amazing life for ourselves. 
Yeah, that, that is absolutely amazing. Um, so you talked about Daryl Rutherford, your mentor. Uh, tell me a little bit about Daryl and, and, and the transformational coaching that, that he did with you. Um, well, as, as I said, this being choice thing is so important and it's very kind of hard to explain. That's why I wrote a book and that part is in the book. It's, it's not sure. a very easy concept to download in a short conversation. But um, ever since I knew myself, I, you know, money was always kind of a thing with me. It was always kind of hard, whether it was getting allowance from my grandfather or whether it was getting to do and do anything I wanted to do. It was always a struggle. So finally, it was shortly after I met my husband, well, now husband, but back then boyfriend, that I realized I'm in my mid-30s. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done with the struggle of finances. This is never going to happen to me again. I am absolutely and completely choosing to belong to abundance. And when we make a new being choice like that, just like it happened in my journey to the U.S., well, when the student is ready, the teacher shows up. And even if it's not a teacher, when the person is ready, the universe shows up. So two weeks after uh, I met Daryl Rutherford, my husband was already working with him. And through working with him, I saw how and why I was blocking prosperity out of my life. I saw all the belief systems that I had very kind of successfully created as a seven-year-old, as an eight-year-old, as a nine-year-old. And I was very much experiencing the myths that I had created back then in regards to prosperity. So one of those myths were, uh, you know, money is bad. So you cannot have money and, and remain a good person. And the other one was through another event that happened that I arrived at the conclusion that one either like goes after money or goes after love. You cannot have the two together. <clears throat> kind of like you're either spiritual or, or you're like a business type. That's also like a division people have in their heads. So sure. what, I, what I realized through talking to him already in the first or second or third uh, session is that I wasn't unable to make prosperity or have abundance. I was very successfully experiencing the belief systems around money that I made up as a seven, eight and nine year old. And when I realized, mm -hmm. oh, my God, this little self or this little perception of mine all the way back from that, you know, those times is leading my whole financial life already in my mid-30s. I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And just waking up from the illusion of my own myths enabled kind of very easily after that point for prosperity to begin to flow into my life. And the same thing happened with my husband. And, you know, step by step, I mean, it wasn't also 24 hours. We still kind of fell into traps as we were going through the journey. But then we were able to create a very successful million-dollar business. And it just yeah. kind of just happened is what I could say. Uh, when we remove those myths from our own minds, the ones that we have made up, we can actually very easily step into a new reality. Yeah, it's really interesting how many different myths people have in their mind, you know, like money is evil or, you know, all, all these wonderful things that we work on to get rid of these myths really help us become a better version of ourselves. But they also be, align us with abundance or whatever else that we're, we're looking for. So it's, it's definitely interesting how you can actually um, 
talk about your journey so openly and so consciously, not everyone understands it as a conscious choice. They just kind of go through life. Exactly. And I think, yeah, and I think that's a very important point of awakening. And definitely my mentor, you know, back in the days really helped me to that. I mean, I, I kind of knew that already, but it's one thing to know it as a knowledge and then Mm -hmm. it's another thing to begin to experience it where it just begins to become a part of your identity. You know, we're Mm -hmm. very powerful beings, every single one of us. It doesn't matter what conditions we might be in right now. And when we can, instead of feeling like the victim of circumstances and conditions, whatever those conditions might be, when we begin to awaken, oh, my goodness, I am more powerful than any condition that is currently created in the here and now, then you can break that illusion. And it's like kind of getting outside of a box. You get outside of the old box and then you begin to live a completely different reality. This could be about money. It could be about health. It could be about relationships. It's not just money dependent. Absolutely. And could you move your hair back a little bit, please? Because it's rubbing against the oh, microphone. Oh, so again. sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. Hair for this. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your, your book. Um, why, why is this book important for our current times? Why is the book Money Does Not Grow on Trees, The Myths We Create and Live By? Why is this book important right now for us? Well, I kind of finished writing the book before the pandemic, actually. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting that Money Does Grow on Trees ended up, you know, becoming a book you know, at a time where a lot of people started struggling with this uh, subject matter. I don't know if it's really, you know, about a book being this time or not this time. Um, I feel the information there is very cross-cultural. I feel it's very universal. Um, With the certification programs we run, we get people from age 18 to 78 from all walks of life, whether it's a student or a lawyer or a doctor uh, some of them are, you know, foreigners. Uh, we at the moment run it mostly in Turkish, but, you know, foreigners that maybe speak Turkish. And we see that it doesn't matter where you come from, what time, what culture, what age, what background. When we awaken to, oh, our beliefs do create our reality, but often we don't know the beliefs that we're carrying around. We think we're conscious of the beliefs we have about different things, and we're not. So when you do help the person discover like a puzzle all the belief systems that are lying in the in the bottom of the ocean of their consciousness uh then quite amazing things happen what most people you know would kind of consider miracles because the fact is we are the miracles we're looking for and it's about really awakening to that absolutely let's talk a little bit about um how you transformed your life and can you define prosperity for us so that we understand what it is exactly in your definition and, and where you are in your life in terms of prosperity? Uh, prosperity is, we find, I find, my husband finds all the certification people that go through our program find prosperity is really a state of mind. It's not really what we have in the bank or don't have in the bank yet. It is a state of mind and it is a state of feeling. If we're able to, again, regardless of any sort of conditions, if we're able to activate within ourselves the feeling and the emotion 
of already being prosperous by the way we focus, by the kind of getting rid of the negative belief systems we might have about money, just changing our mind about it. When that feeling of prosperity is activated in the inside, the mirror of life has to, has to reflect that. It's the law of correspondence, the law of attraction, whatever one wants to call it. But life is really like a mirror. The way we look at it is the way it shows up for us. So if we're wanting to experience prosperity, there are like various kind of legs to it. But one important leg I would definitely say is, are you being the one who belongs to prosperity? Or asking the question, who would I be being if I was already prosperous? Well, when we ask this question, definitely the answer isn't going to be, oh, I'm going to be anxious about money. I'm going to have a heart attack as, as to how I'm going to pay rent. No, when you begin to activate that feeling, let me give you an example. There was a girl in, in our course, last course, where you know we get them to do budgets and uh, get into positive cash flow, which is a very important practical tool that I'll get into in a minute. But her savings was $7. That's it. And she felt awful about it. But once she understood the importance of feeling prosperous, she began to look at it differently. So then when it went from $7, I mean, this is what we're talking about, $7. When it went from $7 to $14, instead of remaining in the perception of like, oh, I have, you know, only $14, she was like, oh my God, I just doubled my savings. I just increased my <laughs> savings by 100%. I love that. Now, within a year and a half, she bought a house in Istanbul and she has close to $100,000 savings. Okay, that's in a year I'm talking about. So this is how something so simple and, you know, seemingly wouldn't take anybody anywhere. Like, oh, you know, what's the point of being happy for $14? Well, it's a change in perception. Are you focused on the lack of what it is that you're wanting? Or are you able to change your focus and keep singing the song, oh, there's more, oh, there, oh, I just increased by 100%, and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, I absolutely love that. So instead of seeing the fact that she only had $14, and gee, that's not a lot of money, she saw her money double, which is powerful. It's very it is. powerful. It is. And it was just yeah. a tweak in consciousness, just the way that she was choosing to see it differently because we don't think our perception matters, but our perception is everything. Our perception is what creates our reality of the future. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree with you. And, and one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is the pyramid of prosperity. Can you talk a little bit about what that is in your book? That's um, I don't know what chapter that is, but it's one of the last chapters you've written in the book. But I absolutely love this chapter, The Pyramid of Prosperity. Can we talk a little bit about sure. what that is? Sure. Again, when it comes to prosperity, like sometimes people, you know, come to the course and, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, my goal is I want to make a million dollars. And it's like, okay, all right, well, where are you at right now? How much do you currently make right now? And the answer is like, oh, I make a thousand dollars. Now, if so far in your reality, you've created a situation where you make $1,000 a month, having a goal that is so far out from where you currently are is basically a formula, formula for failure. And people do it all the time. 
Because even let's say you're able to manifest all of a sudden a million dollars. Okay, it does happen sometimes. Let's say you have a quantum leap. I don't know, you get the lottery and the million dollar comes. Well, probably you're not going to be able to hold it because you haven't yet developed your consciousness to hold that level of abundance. You haven't yet maybe uh, trained your belief systems, had the gymnastics of the mind. It's like a container. The larger your container is, the more you can already hold what is already there. But if your container isn't very large, it doesn't matter what, what is already out there. You're not going to be able to kind of hold it. So our um, recommendation is to always kind of do a goal that is a little outside of your box for sure, but not so far out that it looks pretty impossible. It's kind of like going up the stairs. If you try to jump from stair number one, all of a sudden leap to stair number 10, you're probably going to fall flat on your face. But if you just take the time and do it step by step, then you're very good. Like before you know it, you're already going to reach step 10 before you even, you know, before you even knew it. So how we set the goals, what kind of goal we set is very, very important. And when it's when we're working on prosperity, I would say like the maximum a person should set a goal for wherever they're at should be like maybe 30%. That's already like pretty uh, ambitious, 30% or less. And then once that 30% is done, then you then it's very easy to put another 15, another 20%. And not to see that that's not, not you know, oh, this is what is 15%. Well, it's a lot. If, if we don't appreciate the little moves, we don't get to the big moves. Well, I think there's that saying, you know, how do you eat an elephant or something one bite at a time? You, you, <laughs> you, can't, you, <laughs> you have to take it one step at a time, have those expectations be realistic. Even though you're moving forward and you're trying to manifest this wonderful life for yourself and, and this wonderful prosperity, you still have to do it in manageable steps because you're right. You, you're not trained, your mind is not ready for the full prosperity that you're expecting or wanting. Exactly. You don't belong to it yet. So one important thing I want to say about the, you know, the pyramid of prosperity is, for example, there's uh, people who come that are wanting to um, manifest prosperity, yet they're in debt. So if like, that's, let's say step number one, the step number one, if we want to uh, manifest more abundance is do or die, get out of being the person who creates debt. Because someone who's, who's at the same time debt-oriented cannot at the same time be prosperity-oriented. It's two completely different states of mind. And so if you're saying yes to being the person who functions in life by spending money before you even have it, you're in the spender's law. You're not in positive cash flow. You haven't yet made that decision really to belong to prosperity. And I see over and over again, people who are in debt, people who have no, like just don't want to do a budget, people who are not committed to positive cash flow, meaning do or die, every month you make sure you have more money coming in than going out. Do or die, it doesn't matter what your conditions and situations is. Usually when we dig into those people, again, they have really negative beliefs about money. They don't really want it. They're not aware they don't really want it, but because of their belief systems, they don't really want it. 
And I'd love to give an example about that if we have time. Oh, yes, please. So there was a, a, a friend of mine in Istanbul, and uh, she's kind of a coach herself. And we were just like talking, having coffee. And, you know, she's really great at what she does. But she's like, you know, this like whole money theme I haven't been able to fix or solve in my life. I've just gone to so many workshops and it's just not happening. I just cannot do it. And I said to her, you know, instead of looking at it as I can't, why don't you look at it as like maybe not having enough money is actually something you want. You're not aware that that's how you want it to be. What if you're exactly experiencing exactly what it is that you're wanting? She's like, oh, don't be silly. Of course, I want more prosperity. And I'm like, okay, really? Let's do a test. So I got her to close her eyes and I put her into a vision where, oh my God, she has so much prosperity. She has like a couple of homes. She doesn't have to you know, work, but she still does just because she chooses to. The whole nine yards, she started sweating. She started getting really uncomfortable. She started taking her jacket off. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Here's what you so-called said you wanted. Why are you sweating about it? And she's like, well, I feel a lot of shame. I'm like, oh, interesting. What is the shame about? And then boom, right underneath the belief system came. She had a belief system about money that if I have too much, if I have more than what meets just the basics of my life, then because of me, others will have less. And I don't want to be the person who's the cause of other people having less, you see? So if you're walking wow. on that belief system, on the one hand, you're saying you want more prosperity and you're going to workshops for 10 years in order to have more prosperity, but underneath the belief system doesn't allow you to go there because of that code programming that you've, you're carrying around. So, you know, that's, that's a very important, important thing. She didn't really want prosperity. She just didn't know she didn't really want prosperity. So is visualization a technique that you use to help people realize what um, beliefs they have that maybe don't work for them or, or do yeah, you use yeah, that as a tool to help them move forward? But both. I mean, usually classically, as you know, visualization is used where it's about manifesting, getting into that reality, feeling it, thinking it. Uh, that's one way to use it. The way we use it, we use it both ways. We also find it as a very good tool to figure out what the resistance is to whatever it is that we're wanting. This can be used for a relationship. It can even be used for health. You know, uh, in a well, relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, yeah, I think a lot of people think of, manifesting money. I, I think that's kind of the big thing that most people talk about, but you're right. You can, you can use it for so many different things. You can use it for your health. You can use it for your job. You can use it for your family. You can use it for so many different things. Yeah. Just so, recently I was talking to somebody again and they're like, Oh, you know, I just, I know I want prosperity. And I'm like, really? So, you know, put them into that position and I'm like, okay, how do you know the visualization where they have everything? It's just so easy. It's just coming. And, you know, he, he's frowning <laughs> as he's doing this visualization. And I'm like, so how would that feel in your life? He's like, oh, it would feel good. It would feel good. I'm like, really? Then why are you frowning? And he, you know, he's a person who's like a giver. He feels like he has to like give to everybody. And I'm like, oh, by the way, in this visualization where you're so prosperous, you're also not allowed to give. How does that feel? 
And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. If I can't give, then I don't want. So again, it's a beautiful thing to, to give and to share the abundance, but it's a different thing when it's a conditioning where, oh, unless other people have, I'm not allowed. Again, a very similar conditioning that, you know, seemed to separate this person from prosperity. That's, uh, yeah, that's really interesting how we kind of put these limitations on ourselves and they really hold us back, don't they? Um, you know, that's the way I used to think about it originally when I first started this path. But as my path, you know, moved on, I don't see it anymore as a limitation. I see it as, you know, we're very powerful beings here in the body, I, I feel we are the universe individualized as a body. And whatever we believe, we choose to believe, we get to experience. Kind of like going to an amusement park. You know, you try this out, you try that out. And in the same way, we have many beliefs. And whatever we believe, we experience that as a reality. And I find this actually very, very powerful. Whether it's we don't like the results or we do love the results. It really doesn't matter. Still, it really speaks to the power that we have. To me, with my prosperity, you know, instead of feeling like a victim, like, oh, I'm trying and it's not happening, whatever I do, it doesn't happen. When I figured out like, oh my God, I have such a benefit from not allowing abundance into my life because of my belief systems. I don't want to be an evil person. I don't want to like, you know, shut myself out from living love. And then all of a sudden I woke up to like, oh my God, it's not like I, I can't make money. I don't want to make money. And I'm very successfully achieving that, you know, and it was an incredible <laughs> moment of empowerment. I'm like so successful and not making money. This is awesome. <laughs> so what you're saying is we're all very successful at living the life we actually want to live. I Just believe, believe, or believe, what we believe we, yeah, what we believe. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's really fascinating. <laughs> so we really are very successful. <laughs> we are all the time very successful. We really are. There is no failure happening. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's, that's an interesting concept for people to wrap their mind around, isn't it? It is. That's why it takes a bit of like exercise and self-discovery, you know, to, it's not like a thing where you can say as a philosophy and then it's like, oh, you know, you know, it, it just, it sounds sometimes to some people who come to the certification, they're like, you know, when I heard you talk about this, I thought you were insane, but something told me to come. And, you know, <laughs> when you walk the path and you experience that for yourself, it's a great awakening to who we really are, that we are not our thoughts. We are not our beliefs. We are not our personality. We are, in, we are so much beyond that as, as, as a being. You know what? This has been absolutely wonderful, Ezra. I, we have about a minute or two minutes before we take a break. I would love for you to give uh, your website out for anyone who would like to buy a copy of your book. And then we'll take our break and come back and we'll talk about maybe um, talking about the ego a little bit. Okay. So go ahead and give out your, yeah, go ahead and give us your, your website so people can purchase a copy of your book. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's not on the website. The book is available on Amazon. And our website is www.ikeandesranow.com. That is I-K-E-A-N-D, 
E-S-R-A-N-O-W.com. You're very welcome to uh, give your email. And once we start running these programs, workshops, or certifications in English, uh, you'll have the ability to hear from us. Thank you so much. And um, if you're interested in getting in touch with me, Fazia Kosti, uh, feel free to go to web- my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can also register for um, our upcoming magazine, Executive Function Magazine. Uh, make sure you subscribe to that. It's quarterly, it's uh, digital, and it's free. So um, you're definitely going to love um, all the wonderful experts that are going to be writing for us. Um, the first issue is going to be absolutely wonderful. So please feel free to register for that. Subscribe to that. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with me and ask for a free consultation, you can also do that through my website as well. And we will be back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Fazia Costi is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit ExecutiveFunctionCoachAZ.com. Fazia works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit ExecutiveFunctionCoachAZ.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Costi or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at Executive Function Coach AZ.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. So, I'm Fazia Costi, and today we are talking to Ezra B. Ogut. She is the author of Money Does Grow on Trees The Myths We Create and Live By. So, welcome back, Ezra. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you uh, this morning. I've really enjoyed our conversation, and I'm hoping that we can start this next uh, um, half of the show by talking about the ego. Uh, not many people want to talk about the ego, but I think it's an important conversation to have. Um, so how, how can somebody identify their ego, and, and what role does the ego play in the transformation process? 
Yeah, I know. Ego is definitely not a favorite subject matter for a lot of people. And um, I feel that concept is kind of very skewed in the way we use it. Because really, ego, oh, you know, so-and-so is coming from their ego and so-and-so has so much ego and I don't want to come from my ego. Like, there's, it's, it's, I feel like it's in the Middle Ages, you know, when, um, when anybody did something, let's say the authorities didn't approve, they were like the devil, <laughs> you know. And now, right. now, like anybody that anybody doesn't like somebody else doing, you know, they're like, oh, you know, they're coming from the ego. Um, I got my concept of ego and training again from my mentor, Daryl Rutherford. And I believe he has the best definition that I've ever seen anywhere in regards to this concept. And he just says, you know, ego is a function that allows us to experience any, any belief we have as a reality. Okay. So the way I look at it is like, okay, you know, we're born and we have certain experiences out of those. We come to certain conclusions, A, about ourselves, B, about prosperity, C, about relationships, B, about marriage, whatever it might be, the world, the people. And these are kind of programs that we're creating through the conclusions that we're arriving. And so we are the master programmer, okay? The computer or the, you know, memory of the computer, we can see as the ego. The ego holds that programming in place. And the display of the computer is the reality we get to experience. So when we, like in my case, um, when I was like, well, love and money doesn't go together. You know, one has to choose either one or the other. This is what I decided as a seven-year-old through an event that happened to me. Well, I forget that, but my ego doesn't forget it. It's like already written like into a book and ego is the function that holds it in place so that I can experience that belief system again and again. Now, I ask you, if I believe money and love don't go together without realizing what kind of men am I going to be attracted to? Right. That's fascinating. I like the analogy that that gave me quite a visual. I, I was sitting here trying to visualize everything you were saying. And, and I thought, wow, that, that's really powerful because the memory of your computer is so powerful and, and it really does hold everything in place. So you have to consciously go back in and rewrite something in that memory to remove and delete the old one at the same time in order to change what plays on the screen. Exactly. And the ego is naturally, naturally going to fight us, you know, uh, tooth and nail because from the ego's perspective, its job is to loyally protect the belief system and loyally protect you according to what you are believing. So in my case, since I believed prosperity and love cannot go hand in hand, which is just like the idea of a seven-year-old still managing my life. Well, I was really never attracted to men that had a lot of money. If they were rich, they would lose by default in terms of asking me out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, and it's not, yeah. you know, there was anything wrong with them. It's because that's the belief I have. Um, so your ego is protecting you protecting doing, doing your doing its job exactly 
Let me give another relationship example. Uh, again, one girl in our certification, you know, she's been looking for a relationship, the love of her life for a long time. And she's, you know, kind of not even manifesting one single date. Forget about the love of her life. <laughs> so, <laughs> again, you know, we had to go in there and see what the belief system was. Why is she, okay, of course she wants to find the love of her life, but why is she not even manifesting one single date? There has to be a benefit there that's tied to belief system. So it's very important to find that. So when we did the coaching, it became apparent she has a belief. Oh, if I get into a relationship, I have to lose myself. All of a sudden, the man is going to become the center of attention and I and who I want to be, who I want to be, how I want to do things has to be in the second plan. It has to go out the window. So really she believes from how she experienced relationships before, oh, if I'm in a relationship, the cost is I lose my freedom to be myself. And she was shocked that this is something that she was believing. She didn't know. So when we have a belief system like that, the ego is going to go out of its way to protect us from getting into a relationship because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't want us like who wants to lose their freedom. So in a way we can look at the ego's function as like a pool filter. Ego very successfully removes from our reality everything that does not match what we're already believing. So if we believe, for example, I'm ugly because I don't know, somebody in, in, as a second grader told us that we're ugly or something. And this is a self-concept we work with. We, we, we've mm -hmm. been living our lives with. Well, when somebody comes and makes us a compliment and says, oh, you're so beautiful, the ego is going to make sure that doesn't come near our reality. So it's going to interpret that comment like, oh, the person's just lying to me. Oh, the person's just trying to be nice to me because what's coming from the outside isn't matching the belief system. So the ego's job is to just get, get it out of, uh, out of the screen, let's say, off the screen. So that's mm -hmm. why a being choice, a new being choice is extremely important to step outside of the box that we're currently living in. So how does somebody um, find out, I mean, if these beliefs are in your subconscious, how do you bring them to the surface with your clients? Well, I mean, that's the process, you know, it's not like a doing thing that I can, I mean, but one, one good example we already talked about, if people want to work on themselves, one way to do it is like to say, okay, what is my gain in experiencing this problem? What's my gain instead of saying, oh, I, I can't make money or I can't find a relationship. Ask yourself the question, what is your gain? It might work. It might not work. I mean, that's why, you know. <laughs> There's a book, <laughs> and that's why the transformational coach, uh, the certification we do is about a year long because it's, it's through um, getting them to ask the right questions to themselves, uh, you get them to discover what they're about. So that's really how you do it. It's a, it's a year-long process, and it's about asking questions over and over again until you get to the point where you really understand Wait, well, yeah for, for the, yeah, for the certification program, but that's different. That's really for people who want to become transformational coaches for us. Gotcha. Or okay. it's like one-on-one -on -one sessions, however long the person wants to take it, you know, where you just keep questioning the person and make sure that you keep them out of the box of their ego. That's when a coach comes in. 
a coach is that you know how there's this all the saying that it's like really easy to help other people but not so easy to help ourselves sure well, well the reason for that is when you're working with a person you're not their programming you're not their ego so you can easily stand outside of whatever box they've created for themselves but when you're working on yourself well you're full of your own codes and egos so then it becomes a little bit more difficult to step outside of that box right wow um so what is the most important message in your book if, if somebody wanted to use your book to transform their life uh what's the most important message in your book what, what do they what would you want them to know about uh you are the solution that you've been looking for wow that too is very powerful. You are the solution. So if somebody took your book and they went through the process in your book from beginning to end, how long would it take them to go through the book and, and do everything that's set out in the book? Because your book has, um, you know, it, it's like it's almost set up like a workbook where you have um, different activities that you um, experience and, and try to actually you know, set up like a workbook. It's set up like a class almost. Um, I think, yeah, to doing the exercise is really important. I find, and they look like, you know, they're very simplified versions of what we teach in the certification, but really um, I was kind of inspired to write this book from, you know, just to capture a little bit of what we do in the certification, because not everybody can become a part of the certification program. So I did keep that in mind while I was writing it. I find that doing the exercises from like people who have already read it, the ones that do kind of get changes are the ones who don't just intellectually read it, but actually do the exercises and go into that little journey within themselves of trying to self-discover what's up, what's going on. Uh, one person who read it, uh, at, you know, when it just, just came out, I loved her story. Um, she's a very, very talented person that I know. She discovered how she is since, you know, this show is about success. What's the belief system that's keeping her from success? While she was, you know, writing and doing the exercise, um, she was always very good as a singer, as a dancer, whatever she did, she was like super good. And she had a sister that let's say wasn't as good as a performer. So she would get very jealous, very upset. So very early on as, as just a child, she came to the conclusion, oh, if, I'm, if I get too successful, I end up hurting the people I love. So she got it, how that has like held her, her back from really putting herself out there full on. Because she doesn't uh, want to hurt her sister. Yeah, or, or people, you know, it's like... Or anyone else. Yeah. Or anyone else that might feel bad because she is better or good. And so that was a big aha for her. And uh, she was also able to heal a stomach ulcer. So some people are getting physical healings as well because it's all tied to our belief systems. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Let's talk a little bit about um, what you advise people to do. Do you advise people to dream really big? 
Uh, well, we advise people to dream to the extent they want to, but we advise people to make a differentiation between a dream and goal setting, not to confuse your dream with goal setting. The goals have to be kind of like infinity put into small steps. <laughs> so dream as big as you like, but make sure that you are putting it into baby steps. For example, uh, an agent that I was working with, she had to get all her clients, you know, into the industry within a certain period of time in Turkey, like in three months. So her goal was she had three people that she had placed and she had to, and her next goal basically was getting 60 people in. Now, when you just have two people and then your next goal is to put 60 people into a project, how are you going to walk the path? when that's your goal. When you get four more people in, you're going to be like, oh, you know, I still haven't done 60 people. When it's eight people you've placed, oh, I still haven't like had 60 people. Oh, when it's 12 people, oh, it still hasn't worked for me. Do you see just from the goal being sure. big, you're in the perception of it's not happening. And that perception of it's not working, it's not happening is what stops the manifestation that's very available to happen. So we got her goal like super kind of simplified. Oh, you have three people, you know, placed into different projects. Your goal is going to be now six people, doubling what you just did. And because kind of like you, doubling your savings. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And in that way, she's in the perception of like, oh, it happened. Oh, it happened. Oh, it happened again. Oh, here we go again. And she was able to place them, if she had three months to place them, she was able to place all of them in a very short time because of mm -hmm. proper goal setting. So dream big, but don't be attached to your dreams. Small goal setting and then following your inspiration, no matter what. Follow the inspiration. I find that a very important formula of success. People get so caught up in, oh, I have to do that and... I have to like advertise on social media and I don't know how to do that. Oh, I got to find a marketing person. No, you don't. You just need to follow your inspiration. When we started this job in Turkey, we didn't even know anybody. We had just moved there. We didn't have any website. There was no social media existing. There was nothing. We had absolutely nothing with my husband besides the burning inspiration to teach others the journey that we had gone through. It was like the love of our life thing to do. And we started very, very small. And every step was a pleasure. And really, when people say, what's the secret of your success? I say, following the pleasure, following the inspiration, not doing anything we don't feel like doing simply because other people think that's how it should be done. That's, I think, essential for success. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that completely. I, I think that's a, a really good advice to give. And if you could move your hair back a little bit, that would also be really good for the sound. Oh, my God. My hair is just attacking <laughs> my face today. <laughs> it just won't stay in its place. Your, your hair has its own agenda. <laughs> oh. What, what is the spender's law? Can we talk a little bit more about that? I know we had touched on it uh, earlier, but I'd like you to talk a little bit more about that because I, I think it's an interesting idea. Oh, I'm so glad you're asking this because usually I never get asked this question <laughs> and I love to talk about it. Well, oh, the, good. Spend, 
Yeah, I love to talk about it. Um, the spender's law is like kind of like alcoholism. It's an obsession to just spend money to feel good about yourself or to spend all the time more money than you're actually making, which is exactly what puts people to debt as well. And I mean, I was like this too with my teacher. Once I found my limiting belief systems about money, once I had already made a being choice to belong to prosperity, the hardest part for me was to actually make a budget and go into positive cash flow. My teacher would say, my mentor would say, Estra, do or die, you need to be in positive cash flow. You need to get out of the spender's law. And I'm like, is he crazy? I just make like $1,000 a month. How the hell am I going to like save any of it? It's like not, it felt like it wasn't possible. And yet when I made an absolute commitment to do or die, just put aside every month, $100. It wasn't about the $100 that started becoming a saving in my bank. I realized later on, it was my changed relationship to money that made all the difference. Getting out of the spender's law. And usually people who do have a spender's law, um, where they're spending more than their means, they're not in positive cash flow. Again, as you dig into them, you see that they have negative belief systems about money. That's why their ego is going out of their way to just get rid of the money that's coming in. And they don't realize, they don't realize I was working with a dentist lady where she was just, I mean, she was a hard nut to crack. Um, she made about, like, let's say, the equivalent of $15,000 a month, and her spending was $14,000 a month. So really, it looks like from the outside, she's making great prosperity, but because of her relationship to money, actually, she's making really, realistically, only $1,000 a month. And she was just like, and I'm like, you know, you, you, you're spending more than your means. And she's like, no, 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 I'm not. These are essential spendings. You know, it's my child's school and it's this and it's that. And that's how the ego keeps us in the box. It looks like, it makes it look like it's impossible unless we spend that much. But I was able to catch her really well by, you know, getting her to write everything down and she just saw there was like so much cost that was going unnecessarily out that her ego was blocking her from seeing so that she could remain in the spender's law. And once she awoken to that, her whole prosperity situation changed. All of a sudden, you know, she cut down on the spending. She became super strict. She made sure she was in positive cash flow every month. And soon after that, her earnings doubled because wow. she got into a, like within a couple of months, it went from 15,000 to 30,000, something like that because her relationship to money became more positive. It, she was able to easily be in the perspective of like, Oh, I have, and it's coming. Oh, and I have, it's coming instead of like, Oh my God, it's going, it's going. Whatever we focus on, however we focus on is what becomes, it's that simple. And the ego will always block us from being able to see that. That is fascinating. We, we have just a few minutes before um, the show ends. And I would really like for you to talk about your upcoming training, seminars, events, um, anything you'd like to share with the audience before we um, end our time together. 
Oh, thank you so much. Well, I've been like so busy with launching this book kind of on my own <laughs> that uh, right now we don't have anything planned for the for you know um, in English we do have one certification coming up in Turkish that's going to be lasting for a year but what I would advise anyone who resonates with what's spoken here today is to come to our website leave your email and whenever we have a program going on we will definitely make sure you hear about it and what is your website again please www.ike and esranow.com that is i k e a n d e s r a n o w.com god i felt like i'm a tv speaker there <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today i i really enjoyed our conversation um, so and and maybe this is something that we can meet up again sometime and and have a different conversation about the same topic. Oh, so thank you very to. much. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, it's been an absolute joy. Um, if you are interested in getting a hold of me, um, you can feel free to call me for a free consultation. My number is 480-648-1122. You can also go to my website and send me an email. My website is executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And once you're on that website, you can also access um, the radio show, my uh, YouTube channel, as well as subscribe to our upcoming uh, magazine called Executive Function Magazine. We have an absolutely wonderful lineup of writers for the magazine. Um, And so um, make sure you subscribe to that. When you do subscribe to that, um, it will send you an email. Make sure you confirm the email so that you can get the magazine. The magazine is quarterly, it is free, and it is digital. So we are doing everything we can to make sure that um, we provide you with as much information and substance to help you become the best version of yourself and have the most successful life possible. Um, And once again, thank you so much, Ezra. I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Are there any last words you'd like to leave our, our listeners with? I just believe it can be easy and it will become. Wow. Well, that was, uh, that was pretty easy. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. Um, (laughs) No, this has been wonderful. I really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you again for being on the show. Um, And uh, I I hope that we see more of you in the future. Um, Your book is absolutely wonderful. And if you'd like to get a copy of Ezra's book, It's Money Does Grow on Trees, the myths and, I'm sorry, the myths we create and live by. And Ezra is E-S-R-A, and her last name is O-G-U-T. Please feel free to go to Amazon and buy a copy. She's absolutely wonderful, and her book is wonderful. So uh, next week, we have Dr. Bell, and Dr. Bell will be talking about reclaiming your life after trauma, the three-stage approach. So hopefully we'll see you next week and um, have a great, have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week. <laughs>